You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast, and we're going to jump right back in to our teaching on the Psalms, and this week it's Psalm 1. So let's get right back into it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now yesterday we talked about the things that he doesn't do and that he does not give place to those three things, the counsel of the ungodly, the ways of sinners, and, and the, the skepticism of the scorner. But in, in response to that, he meditates in the law of the Lord day and night. Actually, he delights in the law of the Lord. Uh, this word delight is from uh, Strong's Concordance uh, number 2656 in the Hebrew it's kefetz, and it means a valuable thing, uh, something that's very acceptable, things desired, uh, something that matters, uh, uh, something that's very purposeful, that's very attractive. Uh, there are 50 different uh, words translate, or 50 times the word delight appears in the Hebrew Scripture, but 21 of those times it's this word. Uh, what I want you to see is our delight is not in an experience. And this is so important because what a lot of people are looking for in a walk with God is the experience versus the Word. And I get that because the experiences can be amazing. Uh, when I was a kid uh, and got saved, went to my grandmother's church, 17 years old, uh, I had gotten saved in a wonderful Baptist church that had a great evangelism program, reached out to me, led me to Christ. But I was looking for something a little bit more. And so I was drawn back to the church that I'd attended some with my grandmother when I was in elementary school, junior high. I went there. And they had very appealing emotional services. And, and they had two amazing preachers. Now, I see a difference between a preacher and a teacher Teachers love to explain things. They break things down. Sometimes they're a little bit more dry. They do not know how to really rev up your emotions and lead you to an emotional state, whereas a preacher is wired that way. That's how they communicate. It is a gift. Jesus used both preaching and teaching. And if they were exactly the same, the Scripture would only have used one of the words. But there's a difference between preaching and teaching. And uh, my ministry is primarily that of a teacher. I'm not a preacher. Don't claim to be a preacher. And every now and then I get a little bit excited, but uh, I certainly do not have all the gifts of a, of a skilled preacher. That's not me. I've seen guys who can do that. And believe me, they're fun to listen to, and I'm not putting them down. But if you do not add teaching to your diet, if you don't, add that to your diet, you're going to come up short in your walk with God because you are not looking for an experience. 
You are looking for a word. And that's not to say that preachers uh, are only about experiences, because that's not true either. But preachers can create an amazing experience, and that's the way they think about a service. They think about the whole thing and how they're going to take people in a particular way and and a journey and so forth. And teachers, when they go to communicate, you got to understand how they think. They are going with a primary mission of explaining a word. What they're excited about is not the whole of the service. They're excited about this idea they want to get across. They're wrapped up with that idea. And so what we see here is that the person who is blessed is the person who delights in the law of the Lord. Now, now, get a hold of this. If anybody knew anything about worship experiences, it would have been King David who wrote this. King David was an amazing worshiper. He introduced worship and structured worship for all of the people of Israel. He divided up the Levites in courses so that there could always be great worship teams nonstop in the temple. It was an amazing thing. When the Queen of Sheba came to the temple and she saw the worship at the temple, it took her breath away. Uh, She told King Solomon, I heard about this, but the half was not told me. So it tells me that the worship at the temple was an incredible experience. However, when David gets into this being anchored in a rock, he focuses on something a little different than the experience. He's focusing on the word. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. And so we have to learn, even though we may enjoy a great experience, and those experiences are great in the beginning. I had loads of those wonderful experiences. But let me tell you what happened. I would go to church, and and particularly on Sunday night. It seemed like Sunday night was a little bit more emotional than the other times, and I'm back there in church on Sunday night and having an amazing worship time, and uh, I'm ready to just go out and set the world on fire. But by Monday afternoon, maybe Tuesday morning, it's faded. And I'm not feeling what I felt on Sunday night. And and I begin to question my relationship with God because I do not have words to anchor me to my relationship. I don't know the words. I don't know what God has spoken. And so I'm only trying to deal with God on the basis of those things that I felt in those services. Well, when I quit feeling them, I thought they must not be real, or I, it, this, I, 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 it, God, God must be displeased with me in some way or another. I tried to know God by how I felt. And so consequently, any service I went to, I judged it based upon how it affected my feelings. You will live a roller coaster experience in your Christian walk. Even though you love God and you mean well, you'll be on a roller coaster if that's the way you live. You have to learn to anchor your soul with a word from God. That's what this psalm is about. Blessed is the man that sees the word as a valuable thing. That's the delight. Now, how do we engage this valuable thing? You know, uh, I have uh, a guitar. It's a valuable guitar. I love to play that guitar. I, I, I can engage the guitar somewhat by looking at it, but if I really want to engage it, I have to pick it up and play it. I want to put my fingers on the strings and play it and so forth. That's how I engage the guitar. 
so we engage different ones. I have a big sofa that I absolutely love in my study. And uh, how do I engage it? I engage it by laying in it and leaning back. That's how I engage that sofa. All right. So how is it that we engage the Word? Think about that for a minute. How do you get the most out of the Word? What do you do to engage? You engage a steak, not by looking at it. You can engage it a little bit by smelling of it, but you really engage it by tasting it. Well, you engage the Word of God by meditation. And so I want to turn you back again to what we talked about here in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. So meditation is the means by which we engage this thing we delight in. We love it, we delight in it, so we meditate in it. And that's how we engage the Word. A lot of people hear the Word, and they hear it together with all of their friends in a service, and they engage and clap and shout when they hear something that they like, and there's an emotional lift there. But really, to fully get the benefit of that word that you heard, there has to be a time of contemplation where you're thinking steadily on that word. That's what the word meditation means, okay? Uh, Hebrew for meditation is Hagah. It means to murmur. In other words, if you have to, you actually begin to kind of talk to yourself just a little bit. And I do that very often because I have a hard time sometimes just thinking on what I'm supposed to be reading. And if I really want to get into it, I'll say it out loud for a little bit till my mind gets really engrossed in it because your tongue was designed to capture your mind. Remember that. Uh, to murmur, to ponder, to imagine, meditate, mutter, to speak, to study, to talk, to utter. Meditation is not just a thinking exercise. It is a thinking and a speaking exercise. And really, in describing it in the Hebrew definition, there are more words that have to do with the mouth than there are with the brain. And so uh, meditation is jump-started when you begin to speak. So the person who loves the law of God meditates in that law of God, and they do it day and night. Now, day is the time of work. It's the time of activity. It's the time of brightness. It, 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 it's, in other words, a lot of times all of our fears go away in the daytime when our minds are occupied, when we're busy. But then nighttime is the time of haze and vulnerability, and we can't see well. And so we meditate when we're busy, but we also meditate when we're still. And we meditate both times. And we meditate in the law of God day and night, meaning that there is always... Uh, uh, an appropriate time, whether you're, you're feeling great victory or whether you're in a trial, it's always appropriate to meditate. And we need to do that, develop that habit. Well, that's all the time that I have for today, but we are not done. We'll pick this up tomorrow because this psalm is an amazing psalm. I'll see you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.